Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party. I'm Jarvis Davis. Coming up on today's show, Javon Bullard and Lloyd McConkey. Ooh, they better get ready to cash some checks. This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Football Party. Only on Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Into the Atlanta football party, your home for the best dogs talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere else, but right here at Locked On. I am your host, Tanitra Batiste, and alongside me, of course, are Jarvis Davis and Brian Gephardt. The Atlanta football party is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today, and you'll get two. $100 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Now today we will talk about a new superpower when we go between the hedges, potential superpower that is, and we'll talk about top dogs in the big game in next up. But first, it's the week that was for the dogs at the Senior Bowl, and it's a preview for another top round draft class. Now, the Senior Bowl and the Senior Game, Senior Week have come and gone, we know for sure one guy impressed, no question about it, Lab McConkie. I know we talked about him a little bit last week, Jarvis, but ultimately he continued to impress throughout the week. We know I think he only had the one reception for 15 yards, but it doesn't matter. He did damage throughout the week. So if there's any other kind of impression that you had or takeaway that you had towards the end of Senior Bowl week, what was it for him? But, of course, what was it for some of those other dogs as well? If I can just start with Lad McConkey, like I think he has the opportunity to to make uh, a lot more money, right? Because you know we got the combine coming up pretty soon. Yeah. If I I look at it like this, if that dude goes out there and run a four four, you know a four three ish, you know <laughs> the man might sneak into the first round. So I know yeah. we're gonna talk about yeah. that in, in a few minutes, but but yeah, I think he has solidified himself. Like you said, he only had the one catch. There were, mm-hmm. But there were times he was open. Yeah. <laughs> the quarterback just couldn't get it there. So, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 was one of the things that also stood out to me down there. But but I think overall, though, Lad has he's put himself in position to be able to, you know, really, really make himself money. And then I think that, you know, being able to talk about his injuries, you know, and, and making sure the medicals all check out. And I think he'll yeah. be just fine. But I think another guy real quick is Javon Bullard. He really stood out to me. He's the guy. He got voted top defensive, uh, top deep safety down there by his teammates with the wide receivers and running backs. You know, mm-hmm. those are the guys he was going up against. So those guys have no reason to to be able to play favorites, right? So I think for him to be voted that way, it just lets you know that this is he's another guy that can potentially raise his stock as well. Indeed. And Brian, as you walk away from a game that has so much significance for so many players that are just trying to shine. It's so good to hear and see that the dogs once again had such a great performance, such a great showing. Who kind of stood out for you? Yeah, Javon Bullard was the name I wanted to talk about there as well. And it's, uh, you know, people have got to meet him and know him a little bit more. I think the thing mm-hmm. that's interesting about Javon Bullard is he's just such a smart football player where he's going to be able to fit in on, yeah. on any team. Like he just understands the game so well. And he's one of those ball hawks. Like he's just, he makes plays around the ball, which is what you want to hear from any defensive player, really, but especially when you're talking about someone at safety. So it's like, what a shocker, right? We went through Senior Bowl week, and the the best college football team over the span of the last three years had Lad shine on the offensive side and Javon Bullard yeah. shine on. The- so 
know? And so it wasn't a surprise to me at all with, with him being kind of like the person. And he had such a really kind of under the radar a year at Georgia, just based on all mm-hmm. the other names that were talked about so much between Brock Bowers yeah. and the and the different kind of stars, if you will. So I'm really glad that he had that opportunity uh, to shine. And then real quick on the Lad McConkey front, it, it's wild. Like this guy could really go in the back end of the first round. And it's just, I think what's most fun to me is you see all these draft uh, lists and all these comparisons and all this type of stuff. And it's mm-hmm. actually good because he's not being compared to just other white wide receivers. People are right. actually going out there. <laughs> right. Right. I love it. Right. Like, yeah. Like what chapter got like, here's the next Cooper Cup or Julian right. <laughs> someone who is not another white right. gentleman, you know? Right. Right. So, best one I've seen so far is like maybe a slightly less physical Doug Baldwin. If he can project mm. that level in the yeah. league, because that guy had a really, really good career. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so it's cool to see the different comparisons for Lad McConkey over the last week. Oh yeah, my gosh, team. man! Yes, like yeah. the, the, the DEI that you just uh, inserted into the conversation, Brian. I, I absolutely love it, man. <laughs> right. that, that is that's where we need to go, team. man. Yeah. Stop we're, comparing we're white guys to white guys. Because Cooper yep. Cup, I yep. heard that comparison too, and I'm just like, no, he doesn't even just, like like he does. Yeah. He doesn't. Even, dude, Cooper Cup is like six two, six three. Right. We don't need, <laughs> like, yeah, we don't need to qualify it. If you're right. a bad bad man, you're just a bad bad man. Period. Exactly. That's exactly. like Tyke Smith. We don't say, "Wow, he's good for a black guy." No, yeah. Tyke. Smith just broke up three passes because dang it, he broke up three passes and of course earned team MVP honors for the American team. But yeah, always good to see the dogs kind of ball out. And like you said, Jarvis, this is sort of that tee up. This is like getting you ready for the combine. This is getting you ready for those pro days and you really, really love to see it. But this is something that nobody on this Atlanta football party show is shocked about at all. Why? Because this dog's program has developed a reputation for getting a lot of players drafted for these types of events and what they've done throughout the regular season and, of course, championship runs as well in this tenure or this time under Kirby Smart. So I'm going to run some of the names you guys already called. You already We already talked about Bullard. We talked about Smith McConkie. But there's Kamari Lassiter. There's Marcus Rosemead Jack Saint, Zion Lowe, Kendall Milton, Dejon Edwards, Amarius Mims, Brock Bowers, Cedric Van Prant. I mean, that's literally a list of like 11 guys who could potentially go in the first round. It always depends, you know, on whether a team is going to go for need or best player available. But the bottom line is BG that we're having a conversation about nearly a dozen players who are of that quality, that ilk and have the ability to impact the team such that they would say, Hey, maybe that's our first rounder. Yeah. I think a lot of people wind up going in the second and third round from this list, like collectively, um, mm-hmm. I, I think the ones that'll wind up sneaking in, I, I think it winds up being, I think it winds up being four. I think it winds up being Kamari Lasseter. I, I like it wouldn't like, I think lad gets in there. Um, I, I would be shocked. I think it's, uh, and then obviously Brock Bowers, he's going to be a top 10 pick. And then mm-hmm. Amarius uh, Mims is going to be there as well, because yeah. there's this, this draft is uh, it's really rich at, it's court, it's quarterback, it's it's mm-hmm. wide receiver, and it's offensive tackle. And when that offensive tackle run starts, whether that's at like five, six, or mm-hmm. you know, kind of later in that top ten, they're gonna go off the board. Um, and Mims is is definitely gonna be, I think, in the, in that top twenty, top twenty five. So I think it's minimum three. I think it's maximum five in that first round. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the maybe outside chance we get we get six but i think there's a lot of round two picks from this uh this group here of the seniors from georgia 
Indeed. Oh, and Jarvis, it's interesting that you that BG said that because that's what I was thinking about Lab McConkey. He could sneak yeah. into that first round because to your point, you've got such a run of QBs. Who's the QB throwing to? So, you know, and some, and then you have other teams like, and I'll use an Arizona Cardinals, for example, you got a quarterback. He just needs some receivers to throw to. So yeah, you can get a guy like Ladd that might, and I know Arizona's not deep in the first round, but you could certainly see him sneaking into a team similar to that JD who might have that need at receiver. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I think that this is, it's probably going to be an offensive heavy draft, period, oh, yeah. you know, in the first round. Yeah. So, so I think that, you know, when you have guys like Kamara Lasseter, who we know he's a first round talent, we know Marius Mims is a first round talent. So, mm-hmm. and I, we just talked about how Lad has, can seriously make it jump into that first round. So yeah. I think, uh, I think BG was spot on. You're talking about four guys going in that first round. And then if Lad McConkey goes in the first round, how about this mm-hmm. one? It'll be the first wide receiver drafted Ever. in the first round for Kirby in the Kirby Smart in era. Kirby Smart's era. It's un. That will be crazy. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Especially with George, a guy like George Pickens not Indeed. coming out not too long ago. You know, um, yeah. with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So yeah, it is. Yeah, that'll be very. I'm, I'm very interested to see how the thing plays out. However, no offense, Pickens, but I'm really kind of happy you fell to us. Anyway, thank you so very much for many returns. When we come back, we're going to talk about a superpower that is developing and whether or not that superpower is actually good for college football. We'll talk about it when we go between the hedges. This episode of our Atlanta football party is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl week to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring because, hey, I'm watching this game from a different perspective. I'm actually watching the game, but I do know some people like to just kick it on their couches because they're like, hey, this is what it's all about. Me just kind of sitting back and enjoying myself. Me taking in food, although I will be honest, one of the guys on this show, he's actually got a mean brisket that he hooks up. So I'm looking forward to that. But also, some of us look at the commercials, give it a thumbs up or thumbs down. Well, there's something else you should pay attention to, and that's the possibility of placing a bet that can get you some extra dollars. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, be it the Chargers, excuse me, Chiefs or 49ers, FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown how many points will be scored, and so much more. So new customers, join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel.com slash locked on is where you can sign up, and you can make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports partner of the NFL. All right, guys, we've been talking, dancing around it here and there about these superpowers and whether or not the Power Five is going to become the Power Four, Three, Two, One. Well, the SEC and Big Ten are forming or have formed an advisory group recently. It consists of the university presidents, chancellors, and ADs to, quote, address the significant challenges facing college athletics and how to improve the student-athlete experience. Now, this is major because it reflects sort of that relationship that's building with the two superpowers of those five power five schools, right? The two wealthiest conferences, the two largest conferences, and their commissioners kind of determining where that balance of power is tilting in favor of the collegiate landscape. But let's just keep it real, in favor of the football landscape. So Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti and SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey have been working 
on what things look like based on their reaction to recent court decisions, pending litigation. I know we heard about the decision that was made in Massachusetts about what Dartmouth is and isn't, what their, their players are and are not. And so what they're basically going to do is kind of see if they can fix the ailments, transfer portal, NIL, all the fallout from it, where you see players just moving at will, it seems like. One day a player is committed, the next day he's decommitted. Coaches are saying, you know what? I like to coach. I don't like to have to recruit players on the recruiting trail and then have to recruit and retain my own players. So all of that said, when you think, Brian, about these powers coming together to address the issues that are currently the challenges in college football, you think this is a good idea? You think they can actually bring about change? I think they can, especially these two conferences. I mean, these are the yeah. powers that be. They're going to be the money makers, the the money movers, if you will. And you mentioned football, and the other one's basketball, right? And basketball I mean, too. That are going yeah. to be in the Respectful. you know in these yeah. uh, in these two conferences. I think this is the first real step, like actual step into breaking off completely and into having this own governing body of okay, yeah, we you know. We've got all the money. We're, we're kind of the power makers. We're the movers. We're the one. We're going to be the ones with the two massive TV contracts as well. So as long as they have those TV contracts, they're going to be able to figure this out. And and hopefully mm-hmm. it does wind up, you know, I, I don't want the players to get to get screwed because we just got to this point of NIL and people getting paid and, and making money True. off of it. As we talked about the last couple of weeks here on the Atlanta football party, like you got to find a way to, to regulate this in some way. And it can't be mm-hmm. just the wild west and, and, and people, you know, going, coming and going. So I, I think we're that first step of breaking off. And I think we're, we're one step closer to unions, contracts, like real employees at these schools. Yep. And uh, yeah, kudos to them for actually taking this step and, and, and heading in what I think will be the right direction. Yeah, and it's an interesting timing, Jarvis, because it does come on the heels of that National Labor Relations Board making that decision on essentially seeing those Dartmouth players as employees. But also, Jarvis, intriguing timing based on the fact that I think maybe a month ago, the NCAA president came out saying that, hey, we're going to put some legislation in place, too. I think this is a counter from two commissioners that might have a little more juice than him. Oh, they got a lot more juice to him. Like it's, like BG mentioned, like money is power and the power is the, it's in the money. Like, because we, we know what moves meters. Like we know that ESPN is not giving up those broadcasting rights anytime soon when it comes to the college football, specifically in SEC and the Big Ten, because we all know those are where the eyeballs are and they're going to yep. be there for quite some time. And I don't see that changing at any point. So when you think about those, those two commissioners, like – the fact that they're coming together and forming this alliance and saying, hey, we need to figure something out because the NCAA has been asleep for a very yeah. long time with all these mm-hmm. archaic rules that they have in play. And I can't as a head coach or a coach or assistant coach, I can't even pick my kid up and take him to go get him something to eat, you know, right after practice. Like this just makes no sense whatsoever. Right. So mm-hmm. all of these little silly little rules, it is the NCAA's fault. They need. They had. They had an opportunity to rectify yeah. this, and they they chose to say, you know what, we're just going to enforce our little rules, and we're going to give you some violations and put you on probation, like the whole Tennessee the um, issues going down there with Tennessee. Yeah, all of those little things. It's just, it's just, it's just basically little fires that have been just been it's been blowing away, yeah. and the NCAA has refused to do anything about it. So this is what we have. So now 
You're not the little cash cow, the money you've been getting, you know, for basically doing nothing. That's right. about to go away because the Big Ten, the SEC have finally come to their sense and say, you know what? We don't need you. <laughs> yeah, no, we can do this and we can do this better. And you're right. This is the conversation we, we've been having. And of course, you know, we're all uh, well, you guys are formerly 99. I'm still 99. But I know many years ago we had Ed O'Bannon on one of our shows. I'm talking yeah. this was when I first started with the station that tell, and that gosh, I think that might have been 2013, 2015, 2016. That tells you. And I'm sure, guys, that there was conversation, commentary and some commitment that could have been made even before Ed came on the show, because I think that was kind of either at the tail end of his case or he'd actually or he was like he'd actually won the case, whatever the, the case may be. No pun intended. I think to you guys point, you had time to fix this. You had more than enough time to fix this. And now you're just kind of, it. to me, it's like an uphill battle, an upstream battle. Speaking of which, National Signing Day sometimes is an uphill battle, whether it's early signing day or whether, like tomorrow, it's the official, official spring or winter version of National Signing Day that will mark the end of the 2024 football recruiting cycle. Now, a lot happened with letters of intent. It seemed like, like they didn't mean nothing. Seemed like there was drama everywhere. They like, I don't even know if I want to say day one. It was really more like hour one, minute one of the day where you saw coaching changes, you saw transfer portal flips and flops. So ESPN came out with this list and it was a list of the top five flip flops across all of college sports. And guess who landed twice in the top, top five of the conversation, Jarvis? Georgia, because we know about Dylan Riola, who yeah, number one pocket passer in the class, number 11 recruit overall, committed to Ohio State in 22, but kept taking visits to other programs. Decommitted that December. Then later on, committed to Georgia. Kept talking, kept talking to the Nebraska folks. Then Matt Rule took over as coach at Nebraska. Then Riola's uncle, Donovan Riola, coaches the O-line, gets a substantial raise. Dad has connections. And lo and behold, when it's time to go to Athens, he decides, I'm not going to Athens this weekend. I'm going to Nebraska. And then, of course, we know how the story goes here. So that was the one story. But, of course, the flip of the flip that worked in the dog's favor was the flip of K.J. Bolden, the five-star safety out of Buford, number 16 recruit, number overall, number one overall safety. And, of course, someone who in August of 23 had committed to Florida State. Looked like it was good to go until it wasn't. Do you guys feel like those are two of the top five flips, like, <gasps> kind of moments for that early signing period? Yeah, abso absolutely. Um, and I think, too, with K.J. Bolden, that flip, who knows how that impacted what wound up happening with Caleb Downs, but the fact that you were able to get that level of safety, because that's what happened to Georgia last year, where it was like, mm -hmm. all right, Caleb Downs might be going to, to Georgia, and then it was sort of like last minute he wound up going to Alabama. So right. that, that was massive. And then the, the Dylan Rayola thing, because this is still, like you mentioned it with the wide receivers in the first round with Georgia, like Kirby, as good as we've gotten the quarterback play, right, and Stetson had mm -hmm. the two national titles and Carson Beck, they still haven't been able to get like the consistent elite recruit at yeah. quarterback at Georgia for whatever yep. reason. It's it just hasn't. I mean, you had Fields, but then he left. You know, and Carson mm -hmm. Beck is very, very, very good. But from a right. recruiting standpoint, he wasn't the top guy like a Dylan right. Rayola. So mm -hmm. that's something that you know Kirby still got to figure out, and they got to figure because I mean it, it. You know, it boils down a lot of times to, to quarterback and quarterback mm -hmm. play, especially over the last ten or fifteen years in college football, how it's worked. So yeah, they were they were probably the two biggest 
uh, recruiting stories outside of other ones that were already in college moving to different places like a Caleb Downs that I mentioned. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that, you know, we talk about this whole quarterback piece is, is, is it's interesting because like you talk, you mentioned Justin Fields and, and you, you talk about, you know, even when Jake Fromm was here, it seemed like he had all type of, uh, uh, um, um, oh man, what's the quarterback from uh, Washington? Jacob, uh, Jacob Beeson. Oh, yeah. He had Jacob Beeson as well. So he just have these big time quarterbacks that just decide to say, you know what, Georgia isn't for me. And, and you got, yeah. and you have to wonder why you have to sit up and say, why is this happening? And I think the Riola situation is, I wouldn't necessarily put that all the way in that category with those two guys that I just mentioned, because like you said, you got your uncle there, your, your dad played there and you know, uncle just got a raise. It was like, Hey man, I got a raise. Like you got to come on down here. You know? So I just think that was kind of, it was a, a compromising situation that, that, that the young man had to do because it is it's it just goes to show how, where we are in college football because then Raiola moved across the country just to go to high school, high school for and, a half the best. I mean in, in, in Buford, and, you know, in, in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's it, you would think that yeah. that he did that, that he wouldn't he wouldn't decide to decommit. De de but like you said, like right. the, the circumstances just it just made a lot of sense that he would go to Nebraska being that that's where his father went to play school. Yeah, I think the same. And it, it's one of those things where, hey, every time we see a flip of some sort, it shouldn't surprise us. And it shouldn't. And when I say it shouldn't surprise us, I think initially, like my instant reaction for Dylan Raiola was, oh, my God, like, how do you move cross country? And then you move back to the middle of the country in the middle of nowhere. And you basically have been anointed to be that guy in Athens. Like that piece for me was confusing. But then I'm like, you know what? Each person has their different motivations and each person knows what it is that they want to experience. It's just like, and of course, different time, different rationale. But you think about a Peyton Manning where everybody thought he was headed to Ole Miss, but he wanted to create his own legacy. So it goes to Tennessee. However, you think thinking Eli, who's kind of like the different kid because he's so much younger than Cooper and Peyton. You're thinking, oh, he'll probably go and like do the same thing. Where does he do? Where does he go? Oh, Miss. So I just say that to say sometimes it just depends on what's the motivating factor for that person, like the ultimate motivating factor. And I think, too, with K.J. Bolden, it was one of those things where I think Georgia was probably always kind of on his heart and on his mind. And it just happened. And all of the things kind of came together. All the forces came together and it worked out for him and it worked out for the dogs. Well, when we come back, speaking of some dogs that things have worked out for quite well in the NFL, there are some dogs that are going to be playing on the big stage this Sunday. We will talk about it in next stop. Well, 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 we talked about Super Bowl and the passion, the drive and the patience that you have to have in order to get there, right? What brings home the winning trophy? That's what does it. Also, that's what keeps your drive, ride or die alive. You got to have passion to keep your car in good condition. You have to have the drive to be motivated to make sure that you do what needs to be done. But you also have to have patience with your baby because sometimes like mine, which is a little bit older, takes her a minute to get to where she needs to be. But eBay Motors can help you get there has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and of course, funky seat covers and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or in my case, style on the interior, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
your parts guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need to prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions do apply, and eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. So guys, oh my goodness, T-minus five days. I don't know about you, but I'm like, whew, can we just get this thing on and pop in and just you know be done with it? But I will say this. The one good thing is that we'll get an opportunity to see some dogs representing in Super Bowl 58. Chiefs, it's McCole, Hardman, and Malik Herring. For the 49ers, it's Charlie Werner and Chris Conley because, of course, Robert Beal is out on IR. And when I was thinking about this earlier, thinking about who could be that most impactful for his team to win. So I'm actually going to throw it to you guys on two, well, two questions. And it could be different teams, by the way. Who's the player, the potential dog, who could be the most impactful in this game Sunday for you? And which team walks away with the win? Which dog walks away with the trophy? Wow. I would have to go with, uh, it probably have to be, for me, it has to be McCole Hartman, right? Because yeah. you, you think about, you know, being going back to his former team, you know, he was with the Jets, and we all know how that went down with Aaron Rodgers going down for the season, and he just disappearing up there in the green and white. And they eventually, you know, end up um, um, getting, bringing him back. So, and you've seen how, you know, you know, the guys like Rasheed Rice, and they've been able to be um, be consistent and, you know, catching the football and, and no drops, and they've been playing clean, and Patrick Holmes been playing so, so well. And you know, Mikko Harmon is good for one of those out of nowhere type, yep. big type plays. So I think that, you know, with how Patrick Mahomes been playing and how Mikko Harmon has the, the the ability to 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 be one of those game breaking plays because you know people can you know let's let's be honest, he's not really people aren't really checking for him like that on, on that level. So right, I really feel like he can be a guy that can have that can make that big play to potentially be a, a game changer. Which eventually, you know, get them to win. Like I think, I believe they will. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's Miko Hardman, and it, we see this so much in in these big games, right? There's so much talk about the offense and the defense and what happens. Mm -hmm. Miko is such a big part of the special teams yes. for the Chiefs that there always seems like there's one or two big plays in the Super Bowl that are special teams related, and that could be yes. anything from you know a muff punt to a big return to kind of switch the momentum and, and switch the vibe of it. Plus, we know Andy Reid in in these games too. He's gonna take everything out of the bag that he's got. So. Don't be surprised if you see some sort of end around or sort of some, some sort of double reverse. Remember, Miko was actually a, a quarterback back in the day, too. He's had trick pass plays as well. So you could see some some strange thing with him. Uh, I do think Charlie Warner is, uh, you know, one of those quiet kind of uh, important players in this game, too, because the Chiefs are so good in the front seven. And Charlie Warner, for people who don't know, is kind of that second tight end for the yes. 49ers. Pretty good pretty good blocking tight end and they've yep. got that good D line, good, good, sneaky, good linebacking core for Kansas city as well. So mm -hmm. um, I think you'll have a, a pretty big impact on this game too. So, but um, I do think it's the chiefs that ultimately wind up winning. It's just, I, you, you can't pick against them now at this point. And it's get, give me the, give me the Mahomes read combo over the Shanahan Purdy combo. I mean, it doesn't always boil down to just that, but right. the quarterback head coach is typically how these things play out. And uh, I, I think Mahomes and company get their third Super Bowl on Sunday. 
Yeah, and dare I say it, it's a sweep because I said the same thing pre-production. For me, McCole Hartman is going to have that one or two plays, that flip a field, or like you said, it's going to be some trickery that he can be utilizing. He's a guy that Andy Reid trusts, that Patrick Mahomes trusts, and I believe one or two plays he can be making the difference. And yeah, for me, I mean, I think it's going to be darn close. Wouldn't be shocked if the Niners win, but I'll be darned if I'm picking against Patrick Mahomes. Never done it. Kind of had a heart for uh, Jalen Hurts, but kind of knew Patrick Mahomes was still going to get it done then. So I'm going to go for him. We'll see if we're at, what kind of conversation we're having about our dogs who are going to be in the Super Bowl this coming Sunday when we come back next week. Appreciate you stopping by the Atlanta Football Party, your home for the best Georgia Bulldogs football talk. Like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. Come back for the Atlanta Sports Party on Thursday.